Welcome to the Chase Med Search Podcast, your place for discussions involving hiring and recruiting for sales, clinical specialists, and other commercial positions in the medical device technology sector, where we talk about ways to get in, stay in, and improve within this niche of the industry that we all love so much. We also cover technological advancements, leadership discussions, and interview current medical device representatives that have some pretty unique backgrounds. I'm your host, Jordan Chase, taking you on a guided tour of my last 20 years of experience working in the med tech sector. Let's get on into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural podcast for Chase Med Search. I'm your host, Jordan Chase, welcoming our audience of listeners. I don't know who you are yet, but I look forward to chatting and interacting with you going forward as we build this group together. I wanted to kick off with not just a welcome, but also providing you with an overview or purpose of this podcast, why I am taking the time to do this. And it's all about value. I really want to create value for you, the listener, the audience. I am assuming that some of you are job seekers and you want to break in to medical devices. You haven't been in it yet. You want to get in it. It looks exciting from the outside and it is a really hard field to break into. I'd love to help you with that. Also, I'm thinking some of you are job seekers who are experienced pros in the medical device community. And due to COVID or any number of things that are happening in this current economic climate that we're all experiencing and living through, you're underemployed, furloughed, or just outright unemployed. And I'd like to bring value to you in your quest to find the next job as well. Third component of the audience, as I envision it, are people that are experienced and currently gainfully employed fully engaged, but want a quick refresher on some things that they already know or want to be more informed about a specific topic that they might find interesting. So it's audience of folks that are either outside the community looking in or in the community and just want to grow, adapt, change a little bit and keep the uh, saw sharpened, so to speak. I'd like to keep this light, informative, hopefully fun for you. And feel free to interact. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you the ways you can subscribe and also contact me with any questions or our comments that you have for future episodes. Today's podcast is going to be about two surefire ways that you, as a candidate, can ensure that you don't go forward in an interview process. This is a particular passion of mine because as a recruiter, I'm often presenting candidates and the resume is great and they interview really well. And then one of two things happens that terminates their candidacy. And it's just like a rug gets pulled out from under their feet and my feet. And these are really simple fixes, but they're essential. And I think that it gets back to basics. You know, the basics are the basics for a reason. You, if you're going to build a house, you build the foundation the right way, it settles in and the house can be built on top of it. And this is kind of like that. These are building blocks, essential foundational principles for your interview. And they are so simple that I always feel a little embarrassed telling 
people to do these things. But then if I were to invite you to my office and I were to show you a stack of resumes of people that are very impressive on paper and very impressive in person, and I tell you, they didn't do one of these two things or they didn't do either of these things and they didn't get the job, you'd be staggered because that stack of resumes would be really high. And these are people that wanted the job. It's not that they didn't want the job. They did want the job, but they failed to do one or both of these things that I'm going to mention to you. And so to dive in, again, I feel embarrassed because these are so simple, but here's one of them for salespeople. If you're interviewing for a sales job, and I don't care what that job is, if you're interviewing to sell paper or milk or medical devices or automobiles or whatever, you have to close your interviewer at the end of the interview. And what I mean by that is you have to ask for next steps or for the job itself if you know you've reached the end stage of the interview process. And it is amazing to me that salespeople do not close. There are various reasons for why they don't close. They might feel nervous. They might simply forget. There's probably as many reasons under the sun that I could give that I've heard through the years. But I don't know that all of those matter. It just matters if you want the job, you have to close. They call it the ABCs for a reason. Always be closing. And I can tell you in 20 years, the managers that I have worked with that are customers of mine now, this is something everyone always notices. And I always hold my breath when I'm talking to a manager after a, a phone interview, which you should close on phone interviews too. No one will give you a job over the phone unless you're interviewing for a telemarketer position. But if you can close for next steps and ask, say, hey, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. If, you know, if there's anything outstanding that you have a question about with me that I haven't answered, I'd like to take that opportunity now to answer any of those questions because I would really like to move forward in this process. Where do we go from here? Something like that. It's got to be natural to you. Maybe that sounded awkward to you. Maybe you have a better way to do it. I, you probably do. But my point remains that you must do it if you want to move forward. You must close for next steps. Okay, enough said about that. I could go on because when people don't do that, they don't get the job. And obviously, you know, given that I'm a 100% contingency recruiter, that means I don't get the sale either. So close for the next steps. The other thing that people do not do that also terminates their candidacy effectively is they don't send a follow-up thank you email. This is a very simple thing to do. And one of the things that I hear from time to time from candidates is, well, I didn't have the manager's email. You know, you should make it a rule, even if you have the manager's email, to ask them for their email. Oh, I, you know, I'd like to get your email. I'd like to send you a follow-up. Thank you. You know, I always try to provide the email to candidates. You know, I have it, of course. I think that's something I do 99.9% .9 of the time. But there's nothing wrong with still asking for the email and then sending a thank you email that same day. We all get busy, especially people that are working. You know, folks that are unemployed right now, all respect in the world for them, they have the ability to jump on that quicker. But, you know, the minute you get out of an interview, if you're working and you're in medical sales, you're going to your pager, pager. Listen to how old I sound. 
your phone is going to light up with text messages or calls or doctors that are trying to get a hold of you or your manager is trying to get a hold of you. And there's going to be a lot of distractions. But you have to set it in your mind that you're going to send that follow-up thank you email that same day. Do not let the sun go down before you've sent that thank you email. It's crucial. It's critical. And every sales manager, I don't care how old they are, this is not something that is limited to people of a certain generation. Even the young ones, they all wait and watch for it because, you know, it's a truism that the way you follow up with them is probably the way you're going to follow up with a doctor who's a customer of yours. And reps will have amazing conversations with doctors. There are people that are just extraordinarily charismatic and interesting, and the doctor is just willing to spend the time with them, but they don't move the business forward because there's no follow-up. And I think one small indicator, small way of who that person is as a candidate that's sitting before a manager is whether or not they're going to send a follow-up thank you email that same day. Now, I'm belaboring these points, but I do this kind of thing with candidates, every candidate I have, in fact. And I think every medical recruiter that I know of does this too. And yet and still, in every interview process, there's always going to be one that doesn't do one or the other of these things. And so this is a, an unforced error. These are easy things to correct. And if I were you as a candidate listening to this, either whether you're happy where you are now, but you are interviewing on the side, maybe this added value to you, or maybe you're hearing this information for the first time if you're a new college grad. So I hope it's helpful for you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chase MedSearch Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. I hope that you got a lot of value in the information and experiences that I've shared with you. You can subscribe to the show at chasemedsearch.com and follow all of the appropriate links to subscribe through iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to drop a like so we can expand the audience of our show. But I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on this episode. So if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to contact the show's email at podcast at chasemedsearch.com. You can reach out to us there to share your experiences in the medical device industry or even leave a suggestion for a future episode topic. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. Make a difference for patients and customers. Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time on the Chase MedSearch Podcast.